0: Yo, um, talking nets episode 208. Season's over. The nets got swept again. They are, um, <laughs> again swept out, and the only team swept out of the first round. It's embarrassing and, uh, you know, just makes you realize that this nets organization. Uh, they still got a long way to go, but it's the end of an era. The season started with the hope and promise of uh, big three with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons, and it was another roller coaster ride that left fans sad and disappointed. So uh, we have a couple voicemails. We have a couple people in the chat right now. Um, I'm gonna say this probably the whole episode. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all for pulling up. Talking Nets, episode 209. Hit that music, Alex.
1: We're we're, we're doing that Brooklyn Nets talk
0: talk right here on Talking
1: Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. Go, go hard. Talking Nets. Talked by Keith McPherson, Robin Lundberg, and Hudson Flynn.
0: Yes, sir. Welcome back. Talking Nets, episode 209. The season is over. The Nets get swept again. And, uh, I mean, this this is a familiar feeling. Um, After the Raptors swept us out of the bubble, I'm sure Hudson and I had an episode talking about that. Um, Last year, when the Celtics swept, Katie and Kyrie, uh, I know I did a podcast, and I think I I titled the podcast. This might might be the last Talking Nets podcast ever after that sweep. I mean, we're right there again. This might be the last Talking Nets ever, but man, shout out to everyone that leaves voicemails, leaves reviews, that tweets at us, that tweets at me. Hey, are we getting another Talking Nets? Like there is a solid group of Nets fans that even if the Nets embarrass us, even if the Nets lose, you guys aren't losers, we aren't losers. Like you guys are the motivation, you guys are the reason why we take the time to do this. Uh, Keith McPherson, Robin Lumberg, Hudson Flynn will go around the horn. That's another season in the books for your Brooklyn Nets. Embarrassing. They had an opportunity to probably tie up the series, I thought. Uh, they had an opportunity to not get swept. But we'll go around the horn. I welcome you guys in. Uh, say your thoughts and uh, your final pieces on this season. And then we'll play some voicemails. We'll talk to the chat and we'll get out of here.
2: Well, you know, I, I, I thought I went to game three uh with my son and and I knew when they lost that game they were losing game four it didn't matter to me that Joel Embiid was out for that game I you know I've seen that script too many times when the inferior team is uh beat in a game three that goes down to the wire where they like unload the tank if you will they just don't have it for the the next game it's almost inevitably a sweep and remember the Sixers without Joel Embiid are as talented as the Nets are probably more talented than the, the Nets are I mean you've got Tyrese Maxey who would easily be the best guard on the Nets? You've got uh, Tobias Harris, who you know is playing on a hundred and something million dollar contract and actually contributes unlike some of the Nets' contracts. You've got James Harden, of course, who was once a, a member of the Nets, and, and you've got other capable players. PJ Tucker was great all series. So I, the fact that they were swept, whatever. I mean, it, it sucks because you have to hear the Nets got swept, or you know you have to deal with that fact, especially after Joel Embiid. Game three, to me, was the one. They could have got game three. They get that one, and then there's more pressure on the Sixers in game four with Joel Embiid out. But here's the thing: after last season, when the Nets lost and were swept, came the KD trade request. And once, if we're all being realistic about it, in retrospect, once the KD trade request came, it was over. You know, yeah, they they ran it back. They got everybody back together, and and they went for it this season. But, of course, it was indeed over. Kyrie asks out. Katie asks out again. And that part already happened. So once the trade deadline happened, there was no reason to believe the Nets were going to do anything in the playoffs. We had been sitting here talking about successful was winning one game in the first round. One game, right? So what's the difference between winning one game and zero games in the grand scheme of things? Nothing. You know, (laughs) nothing. This is a team that was thrown together at the deadline. The question is, where do they go from here? Where do they go from here? And to me, there's really two avenues. I mean, unless you want to stay mid, and and I don't think that's a good place to be because this is a play-in team over the course of a full season with some reason for optimism for certain players developing. But I I see two possible pathways. One is like being drastic and selling off every piece for assets and trying to like full-on rebuild, uh, which I don't think will happen, namely because... The Houston Rockets have the Nets pick next year, so the Nets can't even tank. And number two is flipping those assets, trying to make a big move this summer. And that's why you hear all the, the Dame rumors. I mean, I'll go back to game three. I was, I was there with the, with the block, and when I heard he was courtside, you know, all of a sudden my spider senses started tingling, right? And then you see all the stuff he said about Mikhail Bridges in the past. Chris Haynes just said on his podcast, it's the first NBA game dame has ever been to not as a player um and and i really do believe there's a in the nba we've seen before when there's smoke there's fire in these situations and and i could see them going hard for damian lillard this offseason because considering what dame has done for portland they're gonna ship him where he wants to go you know so unless it's the inverse of that where they're trying to get mikhail bridges from brooklyn um which again i I told you i think is the less likely scenario Then, if Dame says, I want to go play in in BK in New York, further my rap career, everything else that's going on, play with Mikhail Bridges with with a team that's tailor made around my strong suits, a team that could have used me in the playoffs. Because if Spencer Dinwiddie is Dame Lillard, I think that the Nets Ah. are clearly (laughs) two to one up going into game four on Saturday. Then, you know, you you have to decide what the the move is. You know, if it's prudent for the Nets, given Dame's age, given his contract, what you'd have to, to give up. But, but I, I don't think that's nothing. I really don't think that's nothing. Yeah,
3: and Robin, you said that this downfall started with the KD trade request. I actually think it came before then. I think it came with getting swept by the Celtics. Teams with this sort of a roster construction, with these sort of stars, with this sort of theoretical pedigree, do not get swept in the first round. They just don't. They just don't. That's just not how the cookie crumbles for teams of this caliber that are supposed to be winning a championship. And it's all been downhill from there. And honestly, since that moment, and and Keith, if you remember when you when you titled that episode, you know, is this the last Talking Nets ever? I actually, as a non-member of Talking Nets, just as an okay. audience member, called in just to say that if it was that, you know, Nets fans, we still have hope. But I don't know if I believed it as much as I do now. Actually, genuinely, and, and there's a lot that could be said about the failures of this playoff run and everything we saw, and that we should have won one game and. Did we play Cam Thomas enough? Is Joe Harris terrible? Yes. But like at the end of the day, this Nets team projects into the future real strong, real strong. We have a comical amount of assets, and we physically cannot tank. We don't have enough of our own picks to tank. It just can't happen. Sean Marks even said it. We can't tank. So at this point, unless you are committed to being a middling, mid-level play-in team, which for as much as people think this is true of Joe Psy, that he wants that, I disagree you're going to see the Nets go in on some sort of a move for next season. Now, in the past, we have always kind of been, aside from the James Harden trade, slightly underwhelmed with the you know all-in moves that the Nets have made over the past years. But if you have a player like Damian Lillard, who, with the pedigree that he does and the organizational cachet he has in Portland, at the end of the day, if he wants to become a Brooklyn Net, almost independent of anything that Joe Josiah or Sean Marks or anyone in the you know, Portland's organization can really do, he will become a Brooklyn net and he will play with his best player or his, 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 who he thinks is the best power forward in the league or small forward in the league is Mikhail Bridges. And it's just, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And at the end of the day, that gives you a lot of hope as, as Nets fans, because the, the narrative for so many of us, not, I don't think any of us on the podcast, but a lot of Nets fans has been, well, no star is ever going to want to come to the Nets again. You saw what happened with them. You saw how they didn't re-sign Kyrie. No star is ever going to want to come. Well, we're, we're here. We're a couple of games out of getting swept in the playoffs, and we already have an NBA superstar who is looking to come to the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn is a hot commodity. We have a ton of assets. We are a place to be. Maybe not the only place to be in the NBA, but a place to be. And that puts us in a great position. And I think we have a lot to look forward to in this offseason certainly more than we ever had to look forward to in the playoffs.
2: You know, real quick, and I don't want to look back. I see Joey saying facts, Robin. People need to get over KD Kyrie. You can't project that situation on this flawed roster. Uh, he also said there's no reason to be legit upset about anything this series outside of watching in the moment. I'm not upset about KD and Kyrie. Like, <laughs> I, I, You could say it a million times to me, whoever you are, Rando on Twitter, or, or in the chat over here, I'm not mad that that fell apart. It was done.
0: They want it, you to be mad, though. It,
2: it didn't work. It was done. It was over with. You needed to move on. So the Band-Aid was already ripped off. That's the best thing. That's the best thing about right now is you don't have to deal with that and go through that again. That already happened. Now, it's not a guarantee it's ever better than that. I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but there's a chance that it's better than that. You know, you have guys, at least that that I like on this. I like Cam Johnson a lot. I, I think he's a good connective tissue player. I, I like when he, you know, what he says. Mikhail Bridges already showed he's more than what we thought in Phoenix. What he can actually be at his ceiling remains to be seen. This was his first um, playoff series as like a lead guy, and and I think ideally he's playing off someone else. But they were really missing. The, the Nets are missing two things to me: two glaring things. Number one, an all-star level guard who can consistently score break down and leverage the defense, get them scrambling, get them out of place, set other people up, and obviously get buckets down the stretch. You know, if they had somebody that could close games, the series may be different. Number two, a legit physical presence to clean up the glass. That has been a recurring problem. If I'm going to point out anything on Sean Marks, it's the fact that that hasn't been addressed in a long time. That needs to be addressed this offseason. But the, the Nets have a ton of draft picks to work with. They've got trade exemptions. They've got players who other teams will see as desirable, whether they're pieces like Royce O'Neal or Dorian Finney-Smith, who I like on a competitive Nets team, by the way. I'm not saying trade those guys, but they are you know players with value in the league or they're Cam Thomas or Nick Claxton, younger players who could get better on another team in a different situation. They have those sorts of assets to work with. So it's not some sort of doomsday scenario.
0: Yeah, and I mean, um, I saw Gerald, Jarrell, whatever the hell your name is, in the chat, like, this is what y'all wanted. Uh, what are you Like, what are you saying, bro? This is what y'all wanted. Why is there a podcast looking back? It's the end of the season. I don't know if, <laughs> if you thought we wanted to get swept. I think I was saying from the trade deadline, win one game and you did better than we did last year. If you're referencing KD Kyrie, nobody, there was no want there. Nobody wanted KD out. Nobody wanted Kyrie out. They did what they had to do. When these like when Kyrie pressed the button, they did what they had to do. It's okay, And I I understand people like Jarrell are probably butthurt, right? Watching the Nets get swept. You're like, oh, it's talking Nets fault. It ain't our fault. We're not the GM. And we have plenty of time uh, in the offseason to go over moves or what could happen. I don't honestly trust the Nets to make it all happen to figure it out. Uh, This was on brand for them. Honestly, the writing was on the wall last trade deadline when they caved and traded James Harden to Philly and took on Ben Simmons. Right then, I was like, nah, what are we doing? You're helping your enemy down the road. And then you end up facing them in the first round, and they sweep you. So that's all she wrote. And, uh, like, I don't feel no kind of way about it, to be honest with you. Like, I was in the hospital watching the first game of this series. I'm, I'm good. I'm over it. I'm, I'm ready for the offseason. I want to watch the NFL draft. But let's hit these uh, voicemails because we appreciate everybody that calls in that follows the podcast, that uh, rocks with us. We'll play your five voicemails, and then we'll close this thing out. But, um, yeah, some of y'all got to, like, stop tripping. It is what it is. And the trade deadline was two months ago. And like Robin said, what did you really expect out of this team? I expected them to win one playoff game. The Hawks won a playoff game. The Miami Heat, you know what I'm saying? Like, they got the sixth seed. They might as well have been in the play. And, like, you got swept. The playing team's. Actually, won a game. Go ahead and say what you gotta say, Robin.
2: No, I just went to, to Jarrell, the same dude is asked, he's saying um Hudson and Robin specifically got called out on our our, our shit or whatever we were saying. Oh, I can what?
0: easily get you out the paint, bro. You're no, no, I just want
2: to know what he's even talking about. What yeah, did get hold on,
0: out it's easy I, to get him out the paint.
2: I feel better about the Nets now than I did before because there was always this anxiety and drama coming. I appreciate, by the way, um, here's what I'll say for that era. And KD specifically, Kyrie's a part of it, though. But, you know, there's a little bit of a different level of of appreciation. Um, I think it legitimized the Nets as a franchise. I think it helped build the fan base. I think the Nets matter now. Like, they might not, you know, this team may not have mattered in the playoffs. That's not the team everybody was tuning in to watch. But as a franchise, I I think the Nets are the kind of team where people will now say, oh, so-and-so, Dame, wants to go to the Nets, when that never would have been a thing. In the past so that's what i think that era deserves credit for
0: stay tuned year 10 in brooklyn of course it ends in a sweep of course it ends with nonsense and uh ben simmons contract and uh, a team trying to figure it out that had an opportunity to win a game and they didn't i just like i said this is on brand if you're a nets fan like i saw some people say this is the worst Nets season ever i'm like Damn, some of y'all just got I mean, y'all must have just got on board watching like even like even since when twenty nineteen no but like even if you just watched the NBA
2: the Nets have been terrible the Nets have been trash <laughs> last season was worse uh, John Sadie or whatever his name is, says I put this on JV the fact that he trotted out Joey Bricks and Burt Patty Mills was insane Jacques Vaughn did a good job. Here's another thing I'm going to say that's contrary. He he did a good job. Joe Harris missed seven straight wide open threes. He was in position to hit a wide open three. He didn't have anybody else to work with. He could have tried Yuta Watanabe, sure, but Yuta Watanabe is an NBA journeyman. He could have tried Edmund Sumner, sure. That's the first guy I would have gone to. But it's not like some. He put a forty-two percent
3: three-point shooter in wide open spots in the playoffs. Can't really do much better than that.
2: He could have put in Cam Thomas, who dribbled the ball off his foot the first time he got in the game, and then missed the mid-range shot the next time he got in the game, and ple you know, just wasn't ready for prime time. You know, Jacques Vaughn, The the Sixers scored like a hundred points or less a game in this series. What do you want the guy to do with the personnel he uh, had?
0: I'm telling you, it's these KD Kyrie fans that are butthurt. I'm even looking at the voicemail. And I'm glad I got Jarrell out the paint because he thought he was going to get his voicemail played. <laughs> but I'm looking at the transcript. This is what y'all wanted, right? This is what y'all wanted, right? Two years in a row. Please, bro. <laughs> like, get over it. <laughs> it's not what we want. We are fans like you. We come together and talk about the game. We have no power, no control. But I get it. Like, you're butthurt. And you think that Katie and Kyrie would have changed this. Kyrie's not in the playoffs. Good luck to KD. He should advance out of the first round. We'll see what happens with the Suns. But this is talking Nets. We talk about the Brooklyn Nets. If you're not like, I don't understand how if you're not on that page right now. This is the end of the season pod. Let's play these voicemails and close it out. Good. Great.
2: <laughs> hey, guys. This is Chris, a.k.a. Psycho Nets fan on Twitter. Uh, for me, two things this offseason, really trying to keep it simple. You need that star. You need that shop creator. You need that person who you can go to in your crunch time offense. Very, very glaring in this series. It wasn't stars versus non-stars. It was, couldn't you get that crunch time bucket when you needed it? And can you also uh, get that big body in there that's going to grab a board, not allow that second chance bucket? Very glaring um, in this series. Again, I think these are the two simple things you need to do this offseason, and it's to make it or break it offseason for Marks. If you can't provide those two things um, that are very glaring, um, we don't have a shot in my opinion, going forward, because this needs to be something that is handled in the off season. You need that big body. You need that punch time star. Without that, you don't have much moving forward. Hopefully we get that. Good talking guys. Go next. Well,
0: I'll say this. At least we know there's really only a couple things and exactly what needs to be done here is not rocket science. It's not like you got to run it by Katie or Kyrie. (laughs) Go get it
2: done. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's part of the, the job now too, right? I mean, um, Sean Marks got a lot of credit before the katie Kyrie era. He's gotten a lot of heat since then. He's got an owner who seems that he wants to cut the check. Uh, you know, the thing that scared me the most about the Josiah era is when they kept flipping CEOs. That was like you know, my my first like sort of red flag about stuff. But in, in general, I, I did you hear what Cam Johnson said the other day about staying? He said there's like great people in the organization, people. and, and you, you can't necessarily get that everywhere. So I, one thing I think that has been wildly um, mislabeled here is the idea that, like, the guys that the Nets had were typical guys. Like, that's going to be typical of the process of other top-level guys. They were unique in, in their own ways. And it, when, you, when you look at the big three the Nets had, that had to be the most um, mercurial big three ever put together when you're looking at reputation, uh, tendencies, and one of them being Kyrie Irving. Specifically.
0: I don't know if you had anything to add Hudson. Next voicemail.
1: Hey, talking this is Chris from Jersey. Uh, didn't want to end the season like this, especially on a sweep. Thought so we could at least get a game, but you know, we're not there yet. We desperately need a point guard and a power forward, mainly a power forward because, you know, for some reason, this franchise has, has ignored that position for years. Just want to know, what are your thoughts about, you know, free agency, the draft, and what moves can we make to improve this summer? Peace.
3: I feel like we have power forwards.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and I feel like, like like I just said, at least there's only two things, like two things to go get. And honestly, uh, t- today is not the day to talk offseason. If we come together for um, the 2023-2024 season of Talking Nets, we'll come back with a podcast talking about offseason moves, who's available. There's an NBA calendar, right? Like, let's get past the finals and then to the draft, and then we'll talk about some things. Um, I just, this episode is not meant to be, hmm, let's take a crystal ball and look into the future for the Brooklyn Nets. This is just, hey, appreciate y'all rocking with us. This is the fourth season I think we've done, and uh Obviously, the Nets got swept, but that has nothing to do with you or me. It's embarrassing as a Nets fan, yeah, but you don't play for the Nets. I don't play for the Nets. You also don't work in the front office. You don't really get a say in in what moves go on. We wanted them to win one game, and they did not, and that's on brand for the Brooklyn Nets just not being good enough in year 10 in Brooklyn. Two more voicemails, and we're out. Play.
4: What's up? Nets World, this is Greg Hurdle. Um, it's been a, a roller coaster for the Brooklyn Nets uh, this past 2022, 2023.
0: Every year, it's a roller coaster. Um,
4: but you know, we, you know, the Nets they made the playoffs, and you know, we got swept again. I'm just looking at the big picture of this off season. You know, I just hopefully it's a rebuild. Um, me, just as me personally, I do not trust the owner, and Joe Tsai, and the coach of Jacques Vaughn. I don't mind them going back to assist the coach. We need a defensive head coach, in my opinion, and I give Sean Marks the benefit of the doubt. So I'm looking forward to this offseason and hopefully draft somebody from UConn, in my opinion, or to free agency, and let's do this. I mean, this offseason, let's do this. The whole new look next for 2023 season, 22 2023-2024 20, season, pardon me. And, again, thank you, Nets World. And, you know, this, this is Nets World, our world. Uh, looking forward to the offseason.
2: What did I just say about the defense, though? Like, they w- what more was Jock Vaughn supposed to do defensively in that series? The problem was that nobody on the Nets could make a shot. That That's the reason they lost that series. You know, talent is one reason for that. Obviously, that's, the you know, led to the what I'm talking about. But the difference was... Nobody on the Nets could make a shot. It wasn't the fact that they didn't play defense on Philadelphia. That they Jacques Vaughn is
0: signed. Like, he's the coach of the Nets. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're not going to fire him over getting swept, right? They didn't fire Steve Nash after getting swept. He's here. So, I we can look into the future, and I'm going to tell you, Jacques Vaughn, they trust. And I'm fine with Jacques Vaughn. He's going to be the coach.
3: I I don't know why you wouldn't, Jacques Vaughn has not, I don't understand what people think that Jacques Vaughn has done that is so detrimental to Nets conduct. Like, okay, what, what, what is some other coach going to do? What if Phil Jackson stepped into the Nets?
2: Does he win what one game?
3: Uh, He he he
2: doesn't deal with basketball anymore since there were political messages on the court. So Uh, right, of course. My apologies. (laughs) My apologies.
3: Any other co? Let's put Ime Udoka on the Nets. Does he win the series? No, he doesn't win the series. Jacques Vaughn is here. Joe Sai is here. Everybody is here. Everybody loves Jacques Vaughn. Like it's one. It's you know say what you will about what he does in the court, which has all been good for what it's worth. Jacques Vaughn is universally loved around the league. I don't think you can really understate that, and he's not clowned upon in the same way that Steve Nash was, which that actually did lead to some sort of a detriment for the Nets.
2: And the Nets players, they're ro- for all these rotation complaints, their roster's not good enough to complain about the rotation. Right.
0: It's like, yeah. <laughs> a makeshift. We, we traded some guys thinking they were going to play with KD. Oh, no, now KD's out the door. Well, let's piece this thing together the best we can, and Jacques Vaughn did that. They got into a matchup against the Sixers team with a good head coach and enough players that they didn't match up well against. And when they had their opportunities, they didn't seize their opportunities. They didn't make shots. They didn't make free throws. They turned the ball over. They got ejected from games. Stupid shit happened. Typical Nets. Last voicemail. Come on. Bro. It's,
2: it's like the the net's a brick. Yeah, a miss. It's,
0: I think what it does is it like connects <laughs> to different Bluetooths, which I have like twenty different Bluetooths. Oh yeah, yeah. This doesn't want to cooperate right now.
2: Let me send a quick shout out to rahola eighty eight in the chat. He and, and this buddy... is his.
0: Video I'm trying to play.
2: <laughs> oh really? Well, yeah. Well, I was with him and his buddy. I think his name was Carlos. Correct me in the chat if I'm wrong. But both on the way in and the way out of the arena the other night. Um, that was a lot of fun talking to those guys. I, I see Joey saying people got addicted to being a ring-chasing team and can't accept the current situation. That would probably be my closing thought on, on all this. I, I'm i not into the championship or bus mentality. It's just not what I subscribe to because only one team wins a, a championship every year. So you're setting yourself up for disappointment, and you're setting yourself up to just feel terrible all the time if the only acceptable situation is a championship. Of course, that's the of course you want to get there but if you have a good team that's in the mix every year that's fun to watch and that wins more games than it loses sign me up for that that's the kind of thing i'd be happy to sign up for a team i want to go watch play uh, i want to watch on my tv play i want to be happy watching and that's going to be playing into the postseason and if things break their way can make a, a run and that that's the that's the norm for the next three to five years That I I would take.
0: It sucks that we're still talking about this, but the whole KD Kyrie era is is over. Like it ended at the trade deadline. It was fool's gold. What does that mean? It was shiny. We all thought that we were going to win a ring, get to the finals. They won seven playoff games. The combination of Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, and Spencer Dinwiddie played more games than than the big three when Harden was with them in the second half. It was all nonsense. It was all Twitter it was all hype and more drama, right? Jarrell, that was in the chat. I read through his transcript. He's like, this is what y'all wanted, right? No more drama. Yes, I like to watch basketball. I want to watch a team be built and compete. It sucks that they were dealt the hand they were dealt at the trade deadline, and they weren't able to come together and be good enough to win a single game. But it's okay. It's over. On to the next season and on to the next voicemail. Rehala I got you, bro. Okay, maybe I don't.
2: <laughs> D-Rock with the premium just chat played and I made it quiet. D-Rock the premium chat Vaughn was dealt a subpar hand and played it bad. I don't know, I don't think he played it bad. He had the nets in a position to win every game in the series other than game 1. They in a position to win every game in that what series up, other boys, than game 1. Rahala.
1: Yo, um man, we got swept out here, but you know what? The vibes just feel good. I'm feeling good about it. Uh I like where this team is heading. A uh, big big huge off season, of course. Got to see where Sean Marks and company goes with this team. We obviously need a point guard. Uh, we obviously need a, a big man or uh, maybe another big body there, whoever, you know, other than just another big man just to, you know, get boards because that's definitely the Achilles heel. But overall, I'm all right with it. Uh, kind of down that the season's over, but hey, man, it is what it is. And I'm, I'm feeling better about this sweep than last year's sweep. That's for sure. Just Want to point this out though, real quick. I went to game three and yo, know, the vibes was popping in Barclay, oh, of course. And I thought it was gonna be a lot of Philly fans. There was more net fans than Philly fans. I'm
0: gonna tell you that this right. next world has been built. Poppin'.
1: So, that whole narrative that there's no fans, there's no net fans, that's all BS, bro. Like, real talk, there was a lot, a lot of net fans. The vibes was popping, so uh, that's my take on it. I like where we're heading, and uh, this this next world has been built. So, let's go, fellas. <laughs>
0: Robin's got to go.
2: Yeah, well, I I second what he just said. Um, He was, uh, you know, that was a cool atmosphere. And it feels like the Nets have a base now. They have a fan base. They have something going in that regard. Now the the next step is on the franchise, the organization to put that representative basketball team in front of of the fan base. But I'm not going to sit here and cry. I'm going to be hopeful for what they do this summer um, as it it is time, game time, for them to evaluate where they go from here.
0: Thank you, Robin. Great stuff. This whole season from opening night when we got together and every episode. You're the man. Appreciate you a ton. Go take care of those kids, bro. (laughs) All
2: right, guys. Have a good one.
0: All right. So that's all we have. Talking Nets episode 209. The fact that we even have over 200 episodes of Talking Nets, to me, I'm proud of that. The fact that we have, I don't even know how many subscribers. We have people watching right now live. We have people that sent money to our YouTube. The fact that we were even able to build a YouTube that was monetized, like this started from Hudson and I and a couple ideas and some things. And we don't have to go back in the past. But when we started this, the people that we started this with, they didn't believe in us. They didn't even want this to exist this far in the future. So I'm not mad about anything. Like we'll be back as far as the Nets go next season. They got swept. They made the playoffs. They did what they could. They couldn't win one game. It is what it is. I understand that a lot of fans take this stuff to heart. I understand there are a lot of fans that love KD and Kyrie, but you got to move on. Are you a Nets fan or are you a KD or a Kyrie stand? We're Nets fans. And that's why we started talking Nets for Nets fans. When I honestly was like, I don't know if there's enough, enough Nets fans to like really start a podcast. And fast forward to now, you just heard what Robin said, what Rahala said. And I wish I could have went to one of the games over the weekend, but like I said, my son was born eleven days ago, so I wouldn't, I wasn't in there. But I was in there when they got swept last year. I'll be back next year, and the hope is that we get a couple new pieces, and that there is less drama. Right, we're not bringing in superstars like we had. Um, who knows what happens with Ben Simmons? Who knows what happens with uh, you know some of these other pieces on the team? But the season's over. Watch some baseball. Watch the rest of the NBA playoffs watch the stanley cup playoffs watch the nfl draft it's all right it's okay hudson flynn say whatever you gotta say
3: whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen uh, as far as we know with the nets is it's always gonna be a roller coaster it's always gonna be ups and downs and they're always gonna be primetime tv i think if we've learned anything from doing this podcast for as long as we have and, and it's wild that it has been so long, 209 episodes, been here for most of them. It's insane that the Nets are always in the news. They're always in the media. There's some, always some new story. It rarely has to do anything with basketball, which has made it funny for running a, a basketball podcast. But the Nets are going to move and they're going to do things and they're going to change and they're going to develop and they're going to be a better season, a better team next season than they were this season. And as Nets fans, we all have a lot to look forward to. And as Talking Nets, we have a lot to look forward to. And, you know, even looking back, we have a lot that we can say that we're proud of. We might not have the the playoff wins. We may not have the championship that, you know, everyone expected with the big three. But this Nets world is here. It's been built. It is a respected NBA franchise on the national stage. And and in this time that, you know, we've been doing this podcast, they grew up. They grew up into a full, mature, you know, franchise that deserves to be in Brooklyn that deserves to be in New York City and deserves to have stars come to it and so you know six six months from now whenever the NBA season starts again we're gonna have a whole new look Nets and we're gonna have probably brand new championship aspirations and I don't know as a Nets fan I'm always ready to get my heart broken. I'm ready for it next year
0: we're not switching teams we're not switching sides you know Um, we're Nets fans and we're going to stay Nets fans. And I'll say this for the fans in the chat, shout out to Will, shout out to to Rihala. You know, there's so many people, Joel, I saw earlier. There's so many people that I've connected with through talking Nets, through the Brooklyn Brigade, the block, going to Barclays Center. You know, I'll say this, when the season ended last year and we got swept and I was doing the podcast alone, I thought it was a wrap. I thought we were done with it. But now I have a YouTube channel that's monetized with uh, 1,700 plus subscribers and uh, like 200 videos. I I don't know what to do with it, right? I'm not just going to throw it away. This Nets world has been built and this Talking Nets podcast has been built. And uh, there's a good chance that it comes back. But we got to see what happens in the offseason. What happened in the offseason last year, right? Um, KD requested a trade, but then he opted back in. And then we were like, okay, there's no mandate on Kyrie. We had optimism that Ben Simmons was going to actually play. So there was excitement around the team. I brought Hudson back. I brought Robin in. And we gave you guys a full season of content again. Who knows what can happen? I just can't tell you when the next episode is. But I appreciate everybody that listens and that likes our brand of a Nets podcast. That likes how we talk about the Nets and how we do things. There's a chance that I take this shit independent. And then when we find some other people to do a couple little things, it could be bigger and better. Hudson will tell you, like, when we really hit the ground doing this, Hudson and I were doing the social media every day. Hudson was on the Twitter. I was making videos for Instagram, YouTube. We were grinding. We were we were on it, building it from the ground up. Now that it's built, we're not just going to throw away 17,000 followers on Twitter. We're not just going to throw away six 7,000 Instagram followers. You know what I'm saying? Like, we do have a base of people that rock with us. And we did filter out the stands. So I don't want to say this is the last episode ever. I said that last year and I was wrong. Stay tuned. You're just not going to get an episode every week, every couple of weeks. I literally have a screaming, crying kid in my house that I got to take care of. And I got to kind of, you know, figure some things out. Hudson's got a job and he's got a young life that he's got to live, a summer that he's got to run through as well. So um, we'll be out here. But uh, if Talking Nets comes back, you'll see a, a bat signal in the air or something like that. Appreciate everybody. If you love talking Nets, write a review. If you love talking Nets, like this on YouTube and uh, do what you can to support us because people higher up will see all of that. And like I said, our world, Nets World, this Nets World has been built. This season's over. Good. Glad it's over. But there's a ton of optimism going into year 11 in Brooklyn coming up. That's all we got. Let's go Nets. Let's go Nets. Brooklyn!